Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My anchor holds. Hallelujah. Has anybody proven that your anchor holds? Anybody in the house can testify. God has seen us through. Hallelujah. Just remain standing. Let's take our Bibles and let's turn to Exodus chapter 4. If you appreciated our worship team, will you just give them a good hand today? Awesome. Kayla, thank you so much. Beautiful. Thank you. We've had a full service. And uh, we have a long sermon, and we're going to condense it because we want to hang out in the cafe and bless our youth. Uh, so pray for me. Um, how many believe in the supernatural? Well, let me just say, the supernatural thing for me is they let me come back on the platform with water. <laughs> so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good today. The only thing is my wife said, make sure you keep the lid on. So if you were here last week, you'll understand what I'm saying. All right. Exodus chapter 4. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, the Lord did not appear to you? This is God talking to Moses. <clears throat> then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? The staff, he replied. The Lord said, Throw it on the ground. And Moses threw it on the ground. It became a snake. He ran from it. And then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand. Take it by the tail. So Moses reached out, took hold of the snake, turned it back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. And then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak when he took it out. It was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second. If they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile. Pour it on the dry ground, and the water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? And who make, makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. He said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you. He will be glad to see you. And you shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you. It will be as if uh, he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hands so that you can perform the signs with it. 
Before you're seated, turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye. Be honest now, I love you more than turkey, okay? So share that. So we do have a book that we've written on the teachings we're sharing with you, and you can drop by the book table, but I just wanted to bless somebody with this, so I'm going to share that with you, okay? Bless you. Okay, so we are looking at our second teaching on how to have intimacy with the Father, and Last week, we, we talked about Abraham, and we kind of shared our own personal testimony with you. Some may not have been here last week. By the way, this is a wonderful turnout. Thank you all for being here today. And so what we talked to you about was that there were 600,000 men came out of Egypt, but only two went in. And so in my own personal journey, as I was um, seeking the Lord after 30 years in the ministry, God gave me this picture of the Israelites, and he showed me that I'd crossed the first river, but most of the time I was just circling in the desert, or I would find myself trying to serve God wholeheartedly, only to hit a wall and fall back. And so we're going to continue to talk about this. And as I shared with you, uh, what I realized was that the wall comes from parents, culture, and generations, as we discussed last week. And so when we find ourselves looking at this study... We want to keep kind of digging a little deeper. So uh, if you have the outline there, I want you to take a moment. We want to talk to you about four basic emotional needs. Um, if you don't have notes, just raise your hand. The ushers will make sure you receive one. If you need a pen, we also have pens. So just put your hand up. And uh, some folks back here, some folks over here, make sure that everybody is looked after. So, one of the things, just keep your hand up, we'll make sure you get whatever it is that you need. Uh, just don't ask for water because it's in short supply. Um, now, what, what I began to realize as I studied this in my own journey was that there are four basic emotional needs that all of us have. And if these needs have not been met, especially by a dad, also by a mom, um, then, then we're going to be limited in our understanding of intimacy. And the first basic emotional need is the need for unconditional expressed love. So I want you to take a moment, I want you to think of the relationship you had with your dad. And on the scale of 1 to 10, if it was really strong, you can put a, a 10. If it was weak, you can put a 1 or 2. And I want you to think about this. 
because it may kind of stir up some emotions uh, within you. So in other words, as you grew up the first 12 years, did your dad put his arms around you? Uh, did, he, did he embrace you? Did he tell you that uh, he loved you? Was there an expression of love? The second need every one of us have, the need to feel secure and comforted. So it's pretty clear that every one of us need hugs during the day. And so did your dad reach out and did he uh, make you feel secure? Did he make you feel comforted? Did he honor you? Did he celebrate you? The need for praise and affirmation. Um, Again, a mother gives life and nurture, a father imparts identity and purpose. So was there an impartation of praise and affirmation? And I know that there are some who are 50 and 60 and 70 years of age still trying to get affirmation from their father in what they're doing and and trying to get people to like them. And the fourth basic emotional need is the need for purpose in life. Uh, did your dad uh, support you in what your passion was? Did he, did he affirm you in, in, in what it was that you wanted to become? Here's the thing. Uh, and the beautiful thing about our study, and, and we focus on kind of the influence of a father, is that if you're here today and those numbers are low... The beautiful thing is there is a God in heaven that stands ready to minister to you. (laughs) Another good place for a man. I'll just try to keep encouraging you. If we find there's a deficit emotionally in our life, if there's been a lack of uh, an attachment to our earthly father. And if that's the case, it's really a lot harder to have an attachment with a heavenly father. But God, as we'll find in our study in a few moments with Moses, God really is jealous for us to love him. He is jealous for us to want him. And he stands ready for us to, to have an intimate relationship. And here's the thing. Many people tell us we're supposed to have intimacy with God, but very few people tell us how. And so we want to get to the how today by studying these men. And next, next Sunday, we're, we're, we're going to continue and, and we're going to find uh, one more man that we'll look at, and then we're going to do a Christmas message on the 18th, and I think the cafe is going to be open. It's going to be a real celebration. So when we look at Moses, and we just read the story, that God is really trying to father Moses. Now, I want you to, last week we talked about the heart. Will you let me talk to you about your brain? Is that okay? Heart brain. So here's what we need to know about the brain. The brain is like a computer. It downloads every word and every emotion. And so the Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. So God's design is that as we're growing up those first 12 years, that there would be godly impartation, the word of God sown into our life, 
that, that mom and dad would be an example of love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, long-suffering, self-control. And if you grow up in that environment, it's really a lot easier to have a relationship with God. Does that make sense? I'll go over here. Does that make sense? Come on, work with me now. I know we're going a little deep here, and we're, we're getting into stuff that's just, you know, I don't want to talk about this today. I don't... We've got we to understand something. What's really fascinating when you study the brain is at, at puberty, God releases three chemicals, dopamine, serotonin, neopinephrine. Whatever was downloaded into your brain those first 12 years, when those chemicals are released at puberty, that's who we become the rest of our life. You understand? Are you with me? Train up a child in the way that he should go. When he's old, he won't depart from it. And that's why when we studied Abraham last week, what influences our soul and what establishes our wall are parents, culture, generations, because it's been downloaded into us. It's part of our DNA, which is God's design. But if we grew up in a dysfunctional home where if dad made you feel small and you look at these numbers and those numbers are low, I'm here to tell you that, that, that God can shift and change us to become like him. The thing is, we've just got to get out of the soul and get into the spirit because God will reparent you through your spirit. So if I'm in my soul, I'm going to be influenced by parents, culture, and generation. But when I start to serve God wholeheartedly, and I become teachable, and I become a disciple, and I become a learner, and Holy Spirit starts to talk to me, and I introduce the vocabulary into my, uh, into my, uh, 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 my whole DNA, and I say yes to God, and I say yes to the Word, I go on this journey with God, and I stop trying to be who I think I am, and begin to become who God says I am. That's what it is to be in the spirit. So if you are enjoying the soul and you're in this rhythm of the soul and, 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 you're, and, and you're there, my question is, how's it working for you? If you want freshness and newness and vitality and, and, and having intimacy with God... There's going to be some new and exciting things that he's going to do in your life. And that's the call of Holy Spirit on our life. And so, let's look. One other thing we should say. There are people who are traumatized different, different ways at an early age. If there is trauma at an early age it can produce arrested development. So in other words, if a, if a child that, say, at five, year, five years of age has been traumatized, they can be locked in emotionally as a five-year-old the rest of their life. Again, I'm just very happy to declare, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. 
So there's a freedom and a liberty. Do not let yesterday dictate your tomorrow. Put your hand in the hand of the Father. Go on the journey with him. Let his spirit revive you. Let the spirit give you fresh vision. Let the spirit give you fresh vitality. Let the spirit give you fresh focus. Let the spirit give you a new dimension of walking every day. This isn't just about, okay, I've got God for Sunday. No, no, I'm telling you, when you get in the spirit and you serve God wholeheartedly, you carry the rhythm of a Holy Spirit spirit uh, in your life and at the office and in the school all week long. Oh, there's a place. There's a place of freshness. There's a place of power. There's a place of authority. Because we choose to serve God wholeheartedly. So we're going to take a 50-minute message and put it into about 16 minutes. So you have to work with me. Okay, here we go. So God attempts to father Moses. And if I stop preaching and start teaching, we can get this done. But it's really hard for me to do because I'm reading this this morning. And here's God asking Moses to lead the Israelites in Exodus 4. Five times he asks him to lead the Israelites. Five, five times he says no. And every time God asked him, watch this, he, he accompanied the request with a miracle. And, and what I want you, what I saw in this this morning, that the miracle doesn't happen just, just for a miracle. The miracle happens to teach us something. So God's trying to teach Moses, and guess what? He never got it. And so when you follow, and I wish we had time to go through each of the miracles, but it says after the fifth time, when, 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 when Moses said no, it says that God's anger waxed hot. And when you study this in the original... The excuse that Moses gave was his speech, whether he stuttered or what the situation was. And it says God's anger kindled against Moses. And when you study this word anger in the original, it means to breathe hard, to be enraged, to be displeased, rapid breathing with passion, expression on the nostrils and face. So I want you to turn to the person next to you, make your nostrils really big and, and get really angry and, and, and show the person sitting beside. No, no, don't, don't laugh. You're supposed to be angry. God was angry with Moses. And so when you follow this through, the word kindled in the King James means to glow, to blaze, to wax hot. It has the heat of jealousy to, to vie with a rival, uh, a contending. Here's what I want you to see. God was jealous for the sonship of Moses. God was jealous for Moses to trust him. God was jealous for Moses to, to, to understand that God was going to be there with him. He said, who made man his, uh, his mouth? I'll show you what to do. I'll teach you. 
Just trust me. But again, Moses said no. And so, Moses accepts a substitute for the Father of God in the form of Aaron. So Aaron became an idol. An idol is anything we give strength to or take strength from that keeps us from intimacy with God. And so Moses formed a soul tie with Aaron rather than a spirit tie with God. And so we have to guard our soul ties that they are not taking us away from intimacy with God. If the soul tie is pulling you away from God, then it's more important than God, and it's an idol, and we need to separate ourselves. This is what God showed me. I was just praying into this one day, and I got a picture of God asking Moses to take his hand. And so, Moses, I, I, I want you to be a son, so just take my hand. I'll, 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 I'll teach you how to speak. I'll show you what to do. But Moses let go of the spirit tie with God to take the hand of Aaron. And the thing that I have learned in my journey with God, I'm going to take the, the, the hand of God. Now, if anybody else wants to join my hand, that's good. But I'm not letting go of this to take this. God wants us to trust him. He wants us to go on a journey with him. He wants us to take his hand. An idol is something that we choose to set up. And God says we are to have no other idols or no other gods before him. Let's keep moving forward. Moses' last opportunity to become a son. I won't take time to read it. Numbers chapter 20. We know the story well, many of us. What happens is, they're at that place again as the Israelites in the desert, they need water. The people were complaining. Moses prayed. And so God answered his prayer by saying, I want you to go and speak to the rock. What was the reason that Moses refused to lead the Israelites? His speech. So that's why, this is really cool, that's why God said, I want you to go and I want you to speak to the rock. What's really interesting, <clears throat> when you read this, God says, take, verse 17 of what we read, take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. What I want you to see is you may start off with the staff, but because you're in relationship with God, he may change things up. For those of us uh, who, who, who like kind of rhythm and, and everything normal and everything going along, this kind of shakes us up. Because now God says, okay, put the staff, I gave you the staff, and you've used it several times to get water. But now, <clears throat> I want you to speak to the rock. So he changes things. Folks, if God changes it, there's a reason. Really good place for amen. 
What, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say when you're in relationship with God, don't get hung up with the way things happened yesterday. Get ready for something new. Because there's a plan and there's a purpose. God says, I, I'm trying to father you here, Moses, so I want you to go speak to the rock. Because this is what I want to show you. The power isn't in the staff. The power is in me, and the power is in you. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. We cannot say, I can't do this. I can't serve you wholeheartedly because, because whatever the because is, it's not a good enough reason to not pursue God with everything that is within us. In God's anger, he struck the rock. God always looks after his people in spite of the deficits of leadership. Water came out. But the very next verse, watch this. God spoke to, to, to Moses, because you did not trust me and because you did not honor me as holy, you will not come in to the promised land. Now here's, here's a man... I call it an Old Testament charismatic experience on the mountain. Not sure there is such a thing, but work with me. His, he, he, he saw God face to face. His face glowed. They had to cover his face when they came down to the mountain. But he never learned to have intimacy with God. Great leader. Because you did not trust me and honor me as holy. That's the fear of God. Folks, listen. If you're, going to have, if you're going to have intimacy with God, you've got to understand the fear of God, which is basically submission to the will of God. And when he says, for today, put down what you've always used, put the staff down, and speak, there's a reason. Come on, that was worth coming to church for right there. That was so good. You've got to hear his voice. And he speaks to us in our spirit. It's really hard to hear, to hear the voice of God when we're in our soul. But when we're serving God wholeheartedly, we hear his voice. And he, and he fathers us. And he shows us. And he gives us wisdom. And he leads us. And he guides us. And it becomes fun to walk with God. It's not a chore. No longer servants, but sons and daughters. And so impartation to leadership in Numbers 13. Again, we, we know the story well. Uh, Moses sent out the 12 spies. 10 saw the giants 12, and 2 saw the grapes. <laughs> Joshua and Caleb said, we can do this. God's with us. The others said, there's giants in the land. And I'm telling you here right now, when, when, you, when you start to serve God wholeheartedly, you run over giants. I said, you run over giants. You're, you're like David. All the, all the armies are all around him, and all he's got is a slingshot. But he's, he's killed the bear, and he's killed the lion. And he comes after Goliath. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to know their God and do great exploits. It's time to go after the grapes. God called us to great things. 
And as we look to the future of what God has for us, we need to raise our expectation. Yes, there's challenges. Yes, there's difficulty. But I'm here to tell you that faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. God said, I've already given you the land. This is what I want you to see. The fear that was in Moses was imparted to the ten spies. So what's in the leader eventually will be in the staff. What's in the leader will eventually be in the deacons. And let me take you a step further. If you go to, uh, to the book of Hebrews, it says that God was angry with the Israelites for 40 years. And it says in verses 17 to 19 in Hebrews 3, it says they never came into the promised land because they lacked faith and they lacked obedience. Watch this. The fear that was in Moses was imparted to the ten spies, and what was in the ten spies was imparted to 600,000 men. And they all died in the desert. That's why we need spiritual fathers in our pulpits that know God and are on our journey and they're in prayer and in the word every day. They walk, come on church, work with me. They walk in the holy of holies all week long because that's their main responsibility is to give themselves to prayer and the word and when they stand behind the pulpit they have something to say that's fresh and new and is gripping their spirit and it's imparted to the congregation and we go somewhere. That's the call of God. That's the call to the ministry. Not about... We had this pastor as an interim pastor. Let me tell you some of the stories. My apologies. I'll move everything out of my... I've tried to do that. What I'm sharing with you today comes out of my own journey of being in a desert for 30 years, working so hard, so little fruit. But I'm just thankful today that I've understood what it is to take the hand of the Father. Found out who I am as a son. And been on a journey with God. And I'm so passionate that we grip this. So that as a church, we never stay in one place. But as a Pentecostal revival denomination that we still stay hungry for the things of God. What was in Moses was in the leadership. What was in the leadership was in the congregation. Deuteronomy 3, we have the picture of Moses standing on the mountain, God showing him the desert, uh, Moses saying, can I go in? And God says, no. And the reason he never went in, because he did not trust him and didn't honor him as holy. I want to encourage you to trust the Father and get in the the fear of God. And when he speaks to you, trust him. That where he's trying to take you, 
is a beautiful place. And so let's conclude. Oh, I'm amazing. Look at that. Yes. All right. I didn't think it was possible. Look at Hebrews 3 as we close. It says, every house is built by someone. Moses was faithful as a servant, but Jesus was faithful as a son. <laughs> so this is what the Lord showed me. And I think this might be worth coming to church for. Not, not sure, but I'll let you decide. When I'm in sin, I'm a slave. When I stay in the desert, I am a servant. But when I serve God wholeheartedly, I become a son or a daughter. When I cross the second river, I become a spiritual father or mother. How many are thankful that God saved us out of slavery? Amen. That's what we talked about. That's what communion is. And so when we, when we exercise faith, and we, but if we stay here, we stay a servant. A servant is someone who is always trying to do. And that's what I was for 30 years as a pastor. I was a servant. Moses was faithful as a servant, but Jesus was faithful as a son. And so he became a son, and he stepped and reached his destiny. God didn't call us to be servants. He called us to be sons and daughters. Again, Paul said, we have 10,000 guardians, but not many fathers. We need spiritual fathers and mothers in the house and in the pulpit and on the deacon board who know God and who are examples and who aren't imparting fear and who aren't imparting a lack of the fear of God. And so, as we see this, I want to encourage you to be hungry to be a spiritual father, a spiritual uh, son and daughter. You have to go through sonship in order to become a spiritual father. And so, Second Kings says, they would not listen, however, but persisted in their former practices. Even while these people were worshiping the Lord, they were serving idols. And to this day, their children and grandchildren continue to do as their fathers did. And this is what I want to leave you with this morning. Moses never had a father. Remember the story of Moses in the bulrushes? He grew up in Pharaoh's court. I don't believe Pharaoh ever took Moses and put him on his knee. I don't think Pharaoh ever embraced him or tried to help him become successful. He lacked the intimacy with his earthly father. And that's why Father God was trying so hard to father him, to trust him. Are you with me? A father, not to minimize mom, 
because they work together. But I'm trying to show you here that with Abraham, his father stopped halfway in Iran, but he chose to leave parents, culture, and generations and obey the will of God. And for Moses, he never, ever was able to do that because there was a lack of an attachment. Don't let the lack of attachment to your earthly father influence your attachment to your heavenly father. When we serve him wholeheartedly, we find ourselves in the spirit. God begins to erase all the deficits, fill us up. And so the ministry never satisfies. Because identity can only come from a father. Let me leave you with this takeaway. Worship team, if you'll come. Don't knock anything over, please, with music. Let me leave you with this. When we live in our soul, do not walk in faith and obedience. We continue to be parented by our, own, by our family of origin. When we embrace submission, we will move from servanthood to sonship, and we will, we will be reparented by Father God. Just stand with me, if you would. There's been a wonderful sense of his presence here today. You, you've been so... So attentive, thank you. I hope there's something you take away from this teaching today. I want to simplify this altar call today, this, these closing moments, and we're going to fellowship. So, you're here, and maybe a lot of emotions going on as you consider for some of us, maybe a difficult childhood. But let me simplify my prayer for you today. At the very least, you would say, Pastor, and just our heads are bowed, please, eyes closed, just, just this moment between yourself and the Lord. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward this morning. you say, Pastor, I recognize there's some things in my life that I can set aside and go deeper in God. And the simplicity is this. You would just sense I need to be reparented today by Father God. You would just say, I realize I need to spend time in his presence and in his word so he can talk to me. There's maybe some things that God needs to heal. But at the very least, you would just simplify this say, I need more of God. That, that, was, my, that was my prayer. That was my cry. And you would say, I, I'm willing to ask God to reparent me. If that's you, can I see your hand? I want to remember you in the closing prayer. You just be dead honest with yourself and with the Lord. Just hold it straight up. Wow. Yeah, I, I just, 
I just need God to come. Oh, that's so beautiful. I just need God to come. If you raise your hand, will you lift both hands with mine? I want to pray for you. Because it begins with surrender. Submission and surrender gets our soul in submission to Holy Spirit and the Word. There's maybe going to be some choices that you have to make. There's going to maybe need some some time that you need to set aside more time with the Lord. So God, right now we have our hands raised. Not as servants, but as sons and daughters. Because sons and daughters are about the doing, are about the being, not the doing. Help our doing to flow out of our being. And help us to want you more than anything. For many of us, we're still influenced from the past. But today, today we want to give ourselves totally to you. Help us to go on this journey. Help us not to be like Moses, standing, looking at our destiny, but, but but not going in. Help us to go in today and become who you say that we are. Thank you for your goodness and love. Thank you for what you, what you mean to us. Thank you for who you are. And all across this place, let's worship the Lord. Let's understand who he is. As the worship team leads us, will you all across this place, will you lift your hands with those who are already worshiping and let's sing to the Lord. Let's lift it to the Lord. Let's honor him as we close our service this morning. Thank you, Lord. Sing it to the Lord. Hallelujah. Just worship him today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.